Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. Nottingham Hospital Radio is a registered charity. Want to be a part of it? We'll find out how you can help by donating, by sponsoring or even joining us. Just visit nhradio.org.uk. Uh, by a gentleman called Marty Christian, who we all know from the New Seekers, and I'm very, very pleased uh, to say that Marty is on the other end of this live. Very good morning, Marty. How are you? Good morning to you, Kevin. I, I, I mean, I, I love that new country sound of it, and the new song which we're going to play very shortly has got a very special meaning. Uh, but I want to find out a little bit more about about you and uh, the New Seekers and stuff first. So, uh, you you travelled by ship from Australia back in 1969, joined the New Seekers. Um, but what probably a lot of people wouldn't realise is that the New Seekers. Um, were a hit in America before over here in the UK, weren't they? Yeah, you're right there, Kev. Um, what happened was when I uh, came over to England, I sort of did the usual Aussie thing, uh, going around Europe, looking at the sites and all that stuff. And then um, I had a call from a guy called David Joseph on whose television shows I'd appeared, and uh, he told me about the idea that he and Keith Potker had. Now, Keith was the founder member of the Seekers, and uh, the Seekers had just disbanded, and they decided to reform. And uh, cut a long story short, David, being very persuasive, um, asked me to join the group, and uh, eventually I did, although the music that we were doing was totally foreign. It was different to the stuff that I was doing in Australia. But that's how it started. So the first year we sort of went around Europe, um, nobody really knew us, and then we recorded a song called Look What They've Done to My Song Ma, um, which ultimately rocketed up the US charts uh, and, and reached top five before we had any any other hits anywhere else. So yeah, you're right, our career did start in America. And it was, it was due to the American success as well that uh, the band got that Coca-Cola promotion uh, with the, you know, and... The, the song just really well. It, the song itself didn't take off because it was it was just a jingle to start with, wasn't it? And then it was expanded into a full song. That's right, Kev. We we um we were living in America then because um, you know we flew over and we we lived in uh, Los Angeles. And um, during the course of that stay, uh, we recorded a bunch of uh, radio jingles for Coca Cola. Um, and what they used to do, they used to ship them out all over different territories and engage the reaction. And the I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing jingle got such a reaction that they decided to make it their flagship commercial. And um, and anyway, when that came out, it, it was like everyone said, wow, this this is the one. And, and our record company said, well, we've got to do something. And um, um, then Cook, Greenaway, Backer and Davis wrote more lyrics. Um, and that's how it all happened, yeah. So it became a hit for us. Anyway, you came back then to, to England. Um, and uh, is it true that you sort of just missed out in a part in, in the musical Hair? Uh, not really, no. What what I was doing, um, in, before David Joseph approached me, I was actually uh, studying to do a, an understudy for Hair. Ah, right. Um, um, so I, I was going to do Claude in, in Hair and... and um, there's a guy called David Deguri that was coaching me and all the rest of it. So, And then then I got a call from David Joseph, and I had to make up my mind as to whether I was going to do this or that. And David, as I told you before, was very persuasive, and uh, I, took, I took the New Seekers route. 
I, I think you chose the right one, uh, to, tell you, to tell you the truth. Uh, now, you, let's say back in London then, you shared a flat with David Bowie, I believe, b- before he was really well known. No, that's, not, no, no, that's, that's a fallacy as well. Ah. What happened was, um, I toured with a guy called Crispian St. Peter, who you may know had yep. some massive hit records. You were on 60s. my mind, yeah. You were on my mind, and the Pied Piper, and they were huge hits in, in Australia. And um, he came over to Australia, and, and I actually toured with him, and his manager was a guy called Ken Pitt. Now, Ken also managed at that time Manfred Mann, um, uh, David Bowie, and Crispian. And what happened was, um, you know, I, I struck up a, a good friendship with all the guys, and, and he said, and Ken said, if you're ever coming to England, look me up and I'll see what I can do, you know, see if I can uh, do something for you. So about six months later, I had the opportunity to work my passage over with another guy called Colin Cook. <clears throat> we were in entertainment on a ship. And I arrived, um, Ken Pitt picked us up, and then I took over David's flat, which was in Ken's, uh, sorry, David's room, which was in Ken Pitt's flat, because they were going through a divorce as far as their management arrangement was concerned. So David left, and I actually took over that room for about two months. But David came up several times just sort of um, sorting his business out with Ken, and I met him on several occasions. We, in fact, played guitar together in, in Ken's kitchen. I see. So I didn't actually share a flat with him. But, you, yeah, you, you had uh, his old flat. Now, it, tell me if this is true or not, because, again, this is something that, um, that I've read. Um, mm-hmm. Your wife um, took one of David Bowie's shirts to a charity shop? <laughs> is, is, is that true or not? Uh yeah, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> That's a true story. What happened was when Ken and, and David parted company, um, Ken had bought David all these different shirts. I mean, David would walk around King's Road and, and he'd see this particular one. He's an Aussie Clark shirt, so you know he'd point it out and Ken would buy that for him. Then he'd see something else, trousers or whatever. Anyway, when, when, um, when David left Ken, um, some of his uh, discarded costumes were still there and and, and um, Ken actually sold me two shirts and one was in fact the shirt that David performed um, his very first performance of Space Oddity before it was a hit wow. uh, so I had that particular shirt and I used to wear it on uh, New Seekers photo shoots as well um, as luck would have it and um, you know, I didn't think anything of it and it, it just sort of languished in, in my wardrobe and one day I went to look for it only to find out that Carol had bundled it up with some other clothes and taken it to the local Oxfam shop. Oh, so that, <laughs> they, they got a piece of rock history there. Ah, so. uh, yeah, it was incredible. Uh, it was pension. <laughs> I, well, exactly. I mean, think how much you could have got on that uh, with, uh, on eBay nowadays. She doesn't want to hear that story. No, nah, we'll move away from that story then. Don't want to get you. She said, oh, it was frayed, frayed underneath <laughs> the arm and all the rest of it, and it was a bit of rag. Oh, dear. Now that the New Seekers, Top of the Pops, uh, you played Top of the Pops uh, quite a few times, and I must admit, yeah. back when, uh, I say when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, always used to look forward to watching Top of the Pops. Um, what was it like yeah. actually performing on Top of the Pops um, for, for you and the band? Oh, we loved it. I mean, we... we performed all over the place and so that was just an, another um, TV venture really we, you know it was fantastic because you'd see a lot of the the stars of the day everyone that was having hits and that and we'd get together in the green room and yeah it was a lot of fun 
Now, you were the one that was like the pinup boy um, of the band. Um, thinking back then, you know, girls had got your picture on the wall and everything. How did you and the rest of the band see that? I mean, did you take being sort of, you know, a, a, a pop idol um, in your stride? And, and what did the other members of the band think? Um, I don't know actually even how that evolved, but, but it was sort of something that, that seemed to happen and I, I was sort of asked to do photo shoots and appeared on various front covers of different magazines and stuff. Um, I don't think it had any impact on the group. We We were just going from from strength to strength, going to different territories, uh, living in America for a while, coming back to Europe, traveling uh, all over. Um, I don't know how the others felt, but, it, I mean, it was sort of, uh, you know, it was nice for me at the time. Although I, I didn't like the fact that I'm quite a private person, actually, in a lot of ways. So um, when when you get that sort of publicity, you can't go to restaurants or, you know, or public transport or anything anymore. So, And I used to sort of... Uh, hide a lot but yeah it was fun fun for its for its time now then last year cd was released celebrating the 50th anniversary of the new seekers which did very well in the charts i mean did that success uh chart success come as a surprise to you after after so long yeah a little bit because um you know you're talking about you're talking about five decades ago um where has the time flown and i mean who the hell knows the new seekers in this day and age um, it was a fabulous time for us during the 70s. Um, we loved it. And, and when the record was released, yeah, I was surprised, frankly. The greatest hits for Nottingham, NHR. Now then, last week uh, on the programme, uh, unfortunately, our Skype cut out on, uh, when we were talking to Marty Christian. Um, and uh, I'm very pleased to say that Marty uh, is back with us because we, we just got a couple more questions that we did want to um, to ask. And uh, w- when the line cut out, I was asking you about how, how yourself and Arlene teamed up uh, for, you know, for this collaboration. Yeah, and uh, I went into a long spiel, which obviously didn't go out. No. But no... Um, Arlene and I have never actually met physically. Um, we conduct our, our music and everything online. Um, we call each other. Um, we send MP3s and, and you know stuff like that back and forth. And um, and then the stuff is recorded in you know whatever we decide on. Finally, is recorded in uh, Nashville in America. And um, yeah, we put our own harmonies and, and lead vocals and all the rest of it in our own studios. That's how it works. So it's a bit of a sort of a a universal project, if you think like she's in Scotland, where I'm in England, and uh, the recordings happen in Nashville. It's the wonders of modern technology and modern science. When it Absolutely. all works, it's fantastic. I now, love technology when it works. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now then, the new song, uh, "Look Back, Leon." Um, we, we played yeah, it. So like, look, look behind. Look, uh, look behind Leon. Look behind Leon. Yeah, the title is "Look Behind Leon." Look behind Leon. Um, we, we played yeah. it last week, and I thought it. Uh, important to actually you know, find out about the song and uh, and the message behind it. So, tell us a little bit about the story of Look Behind Leon. Right. Um, well, Arlene and I had a bit of success last year. We had a number one record with a song called uh, Bring the Curtain Down uh, on hot disc uh, country charts and things. So that was a real boon for us. Anyway, cut a long story short, she, um, she telephoned me one day with some very, very tragic news. And uh, it was the fact that her sons, one of her sons, 
best friends had committed suicide. And the lad was just 19 years old, and, and I, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. <clears throat> having having um, had experience with other uh, people that I'd known in the past that had gone the same way back in Australia, you know, this was a devastation. And so um, I said to Arlene, maybe it's time just to, to, to write a tribute to Leon and his family for a start, and then, you know, a song that promotes discussion about um, the plight of, well, especially young people, you know, when, when you get to a certain point in your life, if, if you've lived a long life, you know, you, you've had a good innings, whatever. Life's full of ups and downs. None of us uh, are immune to any of the, the problems that we go through. But if, um, you know, if someone commits suicide at like the age of 19, having not experienced anything, basically, that's a, a, a super tragedy. And that's not only the tragedy for, for the, the person that's passed on, but for the family and all the loved ones that he leaves behind. So that's what we did. We collaborated on this song, and uh, that's how it came about. Well, as we heard last week, we heard the song played in full. We're going to play it again um, now um, so people can actually take a listen to Look Behind Leon. Um, before we do that, though, and before we, we do let you go, uh, when can we expect Cool Hand to be available? All oh, right. Um, well, it's going to go out on the, on the digital, uh, all the digital um, platforms probably in about two weeks' time. So, yeah, so that's a bit of fun. It's a different type of song altogether, but um, it's something that, <clears throat> that I did, and, and then we did a video on it. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. But going back to Look Behind Leon, mm. I mean, it's something that people do need to contemplate, you know, the fact that uh, none of us are an island, that we all have problems at some stage in our life. And really, it's a matter of getting off the treadmill of negativity. You know, if you feel sort of down for whatever reason and just keep thinking about those things all the time, you, you know, you can sink yourself into an abyss. So it's so, so important to either speak about what you're worried about or um, speak to a friend or a neighbor or a, a doctor or, or anybody. Um, there is help out there. So I think it's a very important thing to discuss. I think so too. Very wise words. Uh, and if if you don't know about it and people aren't going to tell you about it, you can't help. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's always best just to speak to somebody um, if, you know, you, you do feel sort of a little little bit down. And we all, we all do at times, but some Absolutely. people... Absolutely. Yeah. There's not one individual on this planet not yeah, at that, all. That, that hasn't had a major problem to deal with at some stage in their life. But, you know, when, you, when you're 19 or, you know, you're in your early 20s and... and Suddenly, the, you know, you think the world's abandoned you in some way. Hey, th there's other things to think about. You've got to use your willpower and, and be determined to, to change the mode of thought because as you think, so eventually you become. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's such a great message uh, to send out to people as well. Just talk to people um, and, you know... Absolutely. A, a trouble... What was it? Trouble shared is a trouble halved. Um, but um, Yeah, I mean... It, Sometimes it's difficult because, yeah. I mean, the media and all the rest of it sort of build high expectations for kids in this day and age. And if they feel they can't live up to something or they've not succeeded in this or they feel a failure in something else or they don't look right or they haven't got their exams together or whatever, you know, th these are just sort of momentary things to deal with. You know, life's got a lot to, lot to offer. And, and if you can, 
if you're not involved heavily with drugs and drink and everything, which can obviously debilitate the mind from from making those wise choices, then you know get off on get off the treadmill and and try something new. Look for something new. There's lots of stuff out there, even on the internet. You know, there's positive things to think about. Always something yeah. to live for. Uh, there is. It might not seem it at the time. Yeah. But you you got to look forward and, uh, and and as you say just just speak to somebody even if it's just a friend uh, uh, or a teacher or, or or somebody you're comfortable with just speak to them um, yeah. things yeah. are never quite as bad as you see even though they might seem bad at that moment in time um, absolutely so. absolutely and and also you know before you get into the abyss where it's complete downward spiral and you're so depressed and you in your own bubble where you can't extricate yourself if you start feeling that way and you think that that that's the case that's the point where you need to use your willpower to change the thought physically go out and do something different get some exercise look at something constructive look at something creative anything to get yourself out of the doldrums or maybe just listen to some uplifting music um as well, and well that, that could lift uplifting you out music of that. as well exactly. i mean there's all, all sorts of you know the, Music's a double-edged sword as well. Well, yeah. And I can put you in doors of the frames of mind. Uh, well, exactly. If you listen to the new Seekers, though, that's going to bring you up. Um, it is. So, mm. uh, Marty, thank you so much uh, for, for answering those, those last couple of questions um, for us. Uh, if, uh, if people want to find out more about you, your music, uh, and the things that are happening in the future, where can they go to? Um, they can, can go to my website, which is currently being revamped a bit, so it probably won't be ready for another week or so. But it will be www.martychristian, Christian with a K, K R I S T I A N, dot com. It will be that. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much for answering those uh, last few questions. Um, and have a great uh, rest of the weekend. Um, and, and we'll carry on playing Look Behind Leon, um, just, uh, just so that it's out there and people can actually sort of. Yeah, take something positive uh, from uh, from what they think is a negative. So, uh, have a good Sunday, yeah. uh, Christian, and thank you so much for talking to us. You're welcome. Thank you, Kev. Cheers for now. Creating and rekindling memories. NHR.